Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. Hey, what is happening from uh, just over the border in Georgia? We're back. Last week I was in Atlanta on a Friday night, and here we are in Georgia again. My buddy, I was giving him a buzz on the way up here. I said, hey, he's like, maybe you should just move up there. <laughs> it's two weeks in a row. Uh, we like it up here in Georgia. Welcome to Charlton County, home of Champ Bailey, the Ooh. Hall of Famer, home of Marcel Robinson here in Folkestone. He didn't go to Charlton County, but uh, in the Folkestone area. Brent Martineau along with Casey Kurtz, Aaron Schachter back in the Action Sports Shack Studios. And we got ourselves a Friday night. This is our game of the week, West Nassau against Charlton County. So we'll have cameras here tonight. I'll be back in studio for the Blitz Scoreboard Show. I'm also on my way to a couple other games, like I'll land at Revolt and Bishop Kenny, uh, two other stops on my way home. But, guys, let's not bury the lead. Let's not bury the lead. And right now you're wondering, what's the, the lead? lead? <laughs> Very good. Did you see James. what I just saw on my way up here? Depends. Yes. Were you looking at the same bad website I was looking or no? <laughs> Not while driving. I saw your text. Yeah, man. What was that? What is that? What is the story there? Well, I thought you were stalking the Bucky's Beaver. Is that not what you were doing? You saw a big furry mascot on the way up there? <laughs> John Harris, uh, our old buddy who used to be from Jacksonville and now works uh, for the uh, uh, Houston Texans, he just retweeted it and said, someone finished last in fantasy football. <laughs> or it's just Friday in Duval County, Brent. Either one works. <laughs> well, joke's on him. It's not Duval County, is it? So apparently this is like a thing. And, like, there's a story here that I just... So I want to I set the there's scene. There's definitely a story there. <laughs> I want to set the scene. So, like, I'm driving up to Charlton County, and there's a couple of different ways to go. And I get off, uh, I'll go 295, get off Lem Turner, take a right. You go up for however many miles, and boom, you end up at Charlton County eventually. That's kind of how you do it. Yeah. Uh, there's another road in there. But... So I'm on Lem Turner, and I'm talking to my mom. Say, hey, what's up, Mom? Mama Martino. Yeah, no doubt. Talking violins. Talking violins. Yes. Yeah. She's asking how the Jags are going to be. I said, okay. Mom, they haven't lost yet. She thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> and so, uh, kind of. Anyway. Mama Martino's a good see, audience. I see what I think is like a mascot costume on the left side of the road. I'm going north. It's going north, but on the left side, walking. Yeah. With a backpack. With purpose. And I'm like, that looks like a big head on somebody. Like, maybe this is someone from, the, like, a band or school or middle <laughs> what school. What band? But, but I don't I'll know. But in they're, the like, they're in the middle of nowhere. Like, this, there's not a school, <laughs> at least, like, within shouting distance. And so I'm talking about, and I can't get my phone out quick enough while I'm driving. <laughs> You're just fumbling. Oh, yeah. In the truck all over the road. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, this, if... I would have got in an accident for this. Oh, my God. Could you imagine the police report? Oh, it would be great. Like, I was actually thinking of it. I'm like, what if I got pulled over for, like, talking or, like, grabbing my phone and taking a picture? I'd be like, it would be worth it. I actually think the charge is oogling a mascot. <laughs> so, Staff, hey, I need you to bail me out. I've been jailed in Charlton County for oogling a mascot. So, anyway, I'm like, I cannot unsee this. I've got to go back. I turn around. What? I turn around. I'm like, I don't care if I get to the show on time. That's wonderful. I'm turning around. I'm glad you And committed. I'm taking a picture. Yeah. And so now I get I get the picture a couple, as you can see, if you're on social media. Good pictures. And, uh, yeah, not bad. And so then I flip back around to head back north. I'm like, taking a couple more. And it's just the craziest scene. So 
I end up sharing it when I stopped at Wendy's for a, a little bite to eat. And uh, what'd you get? Somebody. Uh, actually, that's the first time I've been to Wendy's in forever. I got this like hot honey chicken. Oh, that's new up. over there. Yeah, yeah, buddy. I have not. I seriously been to Wendy's in so long. You know, it cost me twelve bucks to get a meal at Wendy's. Oh man, super expensive. I mean, even the cheap stuff, even the single burger meal, is like eight or nine bucks. And back when they used to pay me to talk nicely about them, I wouldn't say this was a little bit expensive for Wendy's. Yeah, that's should have got the biggie right? bag, my guy. It's like six bucks. So some guy should have probably done that. There's too many choices. You know, that's the other thing. Not to go off on a tangent here, but I'm already here. God like, I walk into Wendy's. It's the first time I've been in there in, like, five years. You now, went we've in? At Wendy's. Yeah, I went in because I had to go to the bathroom. Did you so, ask a young whippersnapper to help you with the menu or no? No, I didn't. But you know what's always crazy? Should have these places is like, it's great. They, I'm, like, first in line. I'm walking up. There's nobody really else in there. That They're should be the first the sign that you've made a mistake, by the way. <laughs> I'm, there's not a lot of places, all right, on the way up here to eat. And and uh, I'm, I'm walking up. They're like, hey, how can I help you? I'm like, I haven't looked at the menu at Wendy's in five years. How do I know what I want already? They're definitely calling the police <laughs> at that point. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I'm thinking that. You know, I'm like, I don't know. And so I'm like, ah, whatever, hot hit on your chicken sandwich. Then the pressure was on me. Was it good? I'd never had one. I it's actually still right here. I haven't eaten yet. I've been setting up. Fair enough. Oh and God. tweeting about this thing. So back to the tweet. This is, so somebody shares this with me, said, hey, Brent, that's like a thing that looks like bear sun. Now, B I say bear, bear sun. funny, right? B-E-A-R, -B like yeah. grizzly bear. Oh, bear sun. S-U-N. Okay. And it is. Like, that's what it is. Like, look this thing up on Twitter. I go. am Bear Son. Bear Son. Oh, it's him. It's him. Like, that's what it is. Like, I thought it was a Hello Kitty thing. That was my initial thought. That's why I told my mom. I was like, Mom, I think I just saw Hello Kitty. So the L.A. Times wrote about She's like, Bear Son. Right? It's a good answer. It's a good response. The only follow-up there could be. <laughs> so Bear Son, apparently these people are tweeting at me. And so now I'm like, you know what I think? I, I tweeted, like, what the hell is happening here? So I hashtag Duval things. And I'm like, great. This is going to be some, like, charity thing that I'm going to get scolded for on Twitter because I'm like, what is this? <laughs> right? That's what my mind's going. But anyway, I look up Bear Sun, 4,400 miles, 18 states, 90 days, two legs, one suit. Can I run across America in 90 days? One way to find out. Well, let me tell you, he ain't making it in 90 days the way I saw him move. He didn't look like he was running in the pictures. <laughs> He wasn't running. <laughs> so, anyway, I, that's who I saw. I saw Bear Son, which I don't think is that big of a thing. He's got, like, 5,000 followers. Well, he's, he's getting written like about all across the country. The L.A. Times did a piece on him. He's, uh, he's all over the place. Yeah. How does he have more Twitter followers? And why isn't there more on this? Like, what's he do? Is it for charity? I, I mean, I have to read about it. I'm not sure he's that active on Twitter, even though he's got an account. Is he tweeting daily? I mean, the New York, he tweeted like five hours ago from somewhere in Duval County. I don't want to. And he was on his way to Nassau County, by the way. Where is Bear's son right now? There's, uh, there's like a website I think that tracks him. This is, this is something I didn't know about. Oh, this is great. Maybe I made the tracker and be like, who is this guy taking pictures, going back and forth, turning around, trying to get a shot of Bear's son? <laughs> I'm telling you, by the way, Bear's son, like this was dangerous. <laughs> this was a two-lane road and not really a sidewalk. Like, this was dangerous territory for him. You know, every once in a while you hear about these kind of things, people traveling across the country for charity or something. Like, how do people clear out their calendars for that long? This is really only something you could do in between jobs, right? That's a good point. Yeah, like, I don't or a good cause. I mean, if they're really passionate about the cause, then uh, good for them. So, 
Anyway, guys, that's how we start the show. That's the. I mean, that, go look at my Twitter. I'm sorry for the radio folks. Like you, you really kind of have to look at this. It's worth but it. You just. I mean, it, it was amazing. It's like, what is this? <laughs> and I guess it's kind of a thing that I happened on. You know, next time you should really commit and pull the truck over and go take a real picture with the guy. <laughs> you were scared. You been, Don't cap. You were scared. <laughs> so no, it would have been dangerous. <laughs> I will tell you, uh, I was hanging out with Brian Middleton when he sent those pictures, and he said he better drive the other way quickly. That's what Brian said. <laughs> Why would you think it's dangerous? Bear Sun looks so friendly. Well, he does. Yeah. Well, when you just consider before we knew about. Our, our buddy walking across America, just on the surface, it kind of reminded me of those clowns. Remember the clowns for a yes. while? The scary clowns, yes. yeah. And yes. you're in the middle of nowhere. I was like, they're going to kill him. <laughs> That's what it is. I mean, they are. In the, he's in the middle of nowhere. And I thought it was Hello Kitty, and I'm not like a Hello Kitty fan. You know? Bear Sun so, doesn't look menacing. He's wearing a book bag. He might be off on, on the way to classes or something like that. Well, that was interesting, too, the yeah. book bag. That's what I thought it was something school-related. Yeah. But then I was like, somebody lost a bet. And then I started thinking... <laughs> We gotta put this one in the bet bucket. <laughs> Whoever loses, we need a new bear sign. No, it's not just the Bucky's costume anymore. But now you gotta walk the street in the Bucky. Costume. Oh, that's a real penalty for me, man. Put me outside in the Florida heat, <laughs> walking somewhere. Yes. I don't even need a costume. That's enough. Like, it's gotta be big, but that's gotta be a thing, man. That would be awesome. Ugh. I don't think they have Bucky costumes my size, unfortunately. We'll find one. Oh, Where the head find mascot? One. Find a mascot like a. Uh, Care Bears or something like that. Go, I'm going to go ahead and put <laughs> this on the credit card. I can't explain how out of touch you are when you drive Hello Kitty and Care Bears. Well, though this thing looked like a Hello Kitty thing. The only reason I say Care Lord Bears is because my mom, my mom, uh, this, another, remember I told you about mom yesterday? I was kind of impressed with the Dave Matthews violin stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, my mom sews, too. She sews a lot. Still does. This is a woman of many talents. Oh, yeah, she, she sews a lot. So she used to make like a, she makes a lot of my sister's clothes and stuff like that. Well, what, I remember when my sister was little and Care Bears was a thing. She made this whole, like, costume. Like, it was like a mascot costume. Wow. Of, like, a pink Care Bear. And I was like, wow, that was pretty. Now that I look back on it, that was pretty impressive. Maybe I get my hands on that thing. If your mom makes a costume that's big enough for me, I will wear it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that costume is a very cre- Sizes, Casey. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, your mom's very creative, Brent. Oh, yeah, she, that's, that's the book on mom. She's pretty creative. I have found some mascot costumes that I will consider buying for Casey. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Got any... Uh, none, of them are le- none of them are leather with zippers, though, Case. Don't oh, worry about it. That's good. That's, <laughs> that's, that's where I thought this was going. <laughs> Sum up the week. All right, hey, are uh, you trying to uh, not sell feet pics? What are you doing with that umbe- umbrella, Brent? Do people uh, want to see your toes? <laughs> I've got my sneakers on. I've changed them in for my flip-flops. I really like going around flip-flops. But guess what? It's 3 o'clock. Our show's beginning, and it's starting to rain. Oh. And I've got got equipment laid out all over here. Oh, you know what? you got some raindrops on the camera. Meanwhile, Brent, blue skies by us, man. You picked the bad day to leave. Only day it hasn't rained at 3 o'clock right here at the station. (laughs) I don't know which way it's going. I think it's you, actually. Now, that kind of checks out. It follows you. You might be the rain blue skies. Mike Borish told me. He's like, listen, you might get a little bit, but it's going to get inland, so it's not going to be. It's going to be pretty quick, whatever happens. All right. Trust Ah. in the chief. Just depends how many times I get struck in uh, by lightning in between now and then. That'd be a heck of a moment. Meanwhile, how ironic would it be if the only person who could save you would be Bear Sun? He's nearby. (laughs) Chewing on a honeycomb or something. This is all coming together. And by the way, struck by lightning live on TV, now that wouldn't be a bad way to go. Like, at least it's a memorable. I mean, you want to talk about getting the view count up. Let's go. Tell you what, this is is the stream, not TV. Might be better if you were live on, you know, CBS 47, Fox 30, but we will take the call. Not for us. Yeah. Yeah. No, we'll take it. Keep it to YouTube. (laughs) 
I don't know what I don't know what the reaction is going to be. Who cares? Yeah, you know, it'd probably be my fault. Does will the insurance go through? That's it will it. be like, your fault. Oh, we'll find out in a hurry. Like, like I can't. Like the family probably can't sue anybody else. My fault. I was out here in lightning. <laughs> but you probably can't sue Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, no, I mean, the station or anything, like, workers' comp. Does workers' comp matter if you're dead, though? Like, so, um, but more importantly, like, the insur life insurance I've been paying for for the last 20 years, does that still count? Oh, yeah, it's got to. You yeah. would hope. You yeah. would hope. Because there are circumstances where it doesn't count. If oh, lightning strike is in there, I don't want it. Not yeah. only are there circumstances, but they employ, like, departments of people whose only job it is is to keep you from getting that payout. Yeah, like, please let us know. I know a lot of you sell insurance, even though you haven't signed up to advertise with us, and that would be a nice thing if you do that, too. But you can Talking to least, Amanda right now? You could at least give us a tip and tell us that if my family can get life insurance if I get struck by lightning and die here live today. Thank you. Sports. <laughs> Let's, uh, <laughs> uh, hey, man. There's no NFL this week, but there is college football. How about those games last night? Yeah. That was fun. It Were was you watching them? Were you locked in? Uh, yeah, I was. I was flipping back and forth between the two. Uh, Pitt won me a lot of money last year, so I was just seeing what the, the squad, what the gentlemen look like this year. We'll be a team I'll bet on in the future. Didn't is. bet on them last night, but two really exciting games. Uh, Purdue, if you just run the football, you win that game. Mm -hmm. And uh, I do want to bring this up before we get much farther. Uh, Penn State QB, Sean Clifford. Yes. He committed to Penn State when I was a junior in high school. He really? is still the quarterback. Wow. That is amazing. <laughs> oh. That is amazing. Wow. Yeah, but, but there were six-year quarterbacks everywhere last night, right? Slovis uh, and, and JT Daniels. Yeah, but they've at least gone to like six different schools. This guy's been <laughs> at Penn State <laughs> since 2015. <laughs> How about like James Franklin recruits a kid like a few years ago. He's like, yeah, you're next in line. <laughs> the kid's already got his master's degree. Spoiler alert, you played a snap. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> It is crazy, man. You can do that these days. It's tough life for the high school kids getting on a college campus. But that was a heck of a game, heck of a drive. You made a big mistake. There are a bunch of big mistakes in those games. But, heck, I don't care about Penn State, Purdue, West Virginia, Pittsburgh. That was damn entertainment right there. It was. Those, those were entertaining games. That's a heck of a way to kick off the college football season. Not pretty, not perfect, but certainly entertaining, and we like that. And uh, maybe we're in for a great weekend, guys, because we've got some blockbusters coming up now on a college football weekend. Tomorrow, you've got Oregon and Georgia, the national champs, back to work against their old defensive coordinator. Obviously, in the swamp, you have, uh, you have Utah, who is the favorite, not by much, but on paper, they look to be a really good team. Like, they are everybody's darling to maybe go to the Final Four this year. Might be the best team in program history against the Gators, who are now trying to find their way once again. And then we get FSU-LSU, which is if this was like late 90s, early 2000s, it would have been awesome. But instead, it's not. It's 2022, and, well, Pittsburgh, West Virginia might have been better last night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How? I mean, does it make you – are you guys – we don't talk a ton of college football here, like not like day in, day out for hours. But college football is huge. And uh, obviously – there's a bunch of storylines in the state of Florida, Miami and Florida and Florida State trying to get this thing back on track. Uh, UCF, by the way, had a big win last night, I should mention. And, but just the overall entertainment value of it, obviously gambling comes into play. And there are some terrific stories, headlines. And unfortunately, in my view, this is where college football suffers the most. There's just not enough 
premier good teams. There are premier named programs, but there are not enough premier good teams. How many people are going to pick, uh, be picked to win the national championship or even go to the final four? I bet if you line 10 people up, guys, you'll get a total of 10 different teams in the final four. I was going to say, for the national championship, you're probably going to hear only two or three teams from people. Oh, no, that's right, and that's what I was going to get at. Like, two or three for that, but for the final four, you'll get a couple of sleepers in there, maybe 10, maybe 12 different teams out of a 10-person pick them. Like, that's not good. Like, that's where I always thought college football has suffered and doesn't get enough tension. It's like, hey, great, Alabama's the favorite. Again, that's awesome. That's why we started to hate the Patriots. There's a reason why we kind of don't like Alabama, even if we really don't like Alabama. So I think that's the only thing that's bad about college football is we don't know. Um, we, we just It's just not enough parity. There's parity at times, at stretches, but does it drive you crazy at all? Does, does that bother you, or is that just me being picky? I'll say this year specifically, you have a few dominant-looking teams at the top, and, and dominant in ways that maybe we haven't seen in a few years especially this Alabama team. A lot of people are saying they think this Alabama team is the best Alabama team of all time. You know how many times I've heard that in the last 20 years? <laughs> 20. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Well, I mean, the odds makers are right behind them, though. I mean, plus 180 to win the college football playoff. That is uh, it's something like the, the best odds in, in let's see, uh, one of the biggest preseason national title favorites of the last two decades. It's pretty big. Casey, does this bother you at all, or are you too busy betting that you don't care? Yeah. It doesn't bother me because, like, if you watch Alabama, like, if you are not an Alabama fan, but you make the decision, I'm going to watch Alabama against anybody other than Texas A&M this year, you know what you're going to get. But if you make the decision, you know what, I'm going to watch with all these games on, I'm going to watch two teams that are close together in terms of what they are. Pitt, West Virginia, close together, great football game. Purdue, Penn State, close together, great football game. Yeah, I think it depends on what you choose to watch. So I don't have a problem with it because I'm not – no offense, Brent. Uh, if they got Alabama in primetime against Tennessee, I can't even slightly tell you I will watch zero seconds of that game, and I will watch two programs that are a little bit closer together because it's a better game. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. So you can find that. There's enough games to find that, yeah. right? To your point, like this week, let's just say this. Utah, you could pick them to go to the Final Four, right? You could. Dan Holland did. But Florida, you can't. You, nobody's doing that. Florida State, nobody's doing that. LSU, nobody's doing that. So I'll give you those primetime games. But we kill, still could get a really good game on Sunday night between FSU and LSU because they're more alike than they are far apart. Exactly. And same what you're saying about Florida. Florida in the swamp, that home field should carry some weight yeah, against the Utah team that still has to belong on the big stage. So we might get a good game out of that. So I get what you're saying, and I think college football does give us enough options to go find that. I guess when we really suffer is down the stretch when we hear the same names, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, it'll be Georgia. You know, it's just a weird thing in our world. We like the unpredictable. That's why we love the NCAA tournament. Oh, it makes we, for a great story, but so do dominant franchises. Granted, you get tired of them, but it still, you know, leads to discussions and content. And, in my opinion, it kind of helps to have the villain. You know, as soon as Alabama starts to, to drag it a little bit, suddenly it's not as fun to hate them. Well, that's a good point. And, and it, uh, they are the villain. Even if, again, I don't have any reason to not like Alabama. I'm just tired of them. Yep. Much like Duke and the Yankees and everybody else over the years, you know. And, and really, it's the closest thing. Would you say... 
well, it's it's hard to compare it to Major League Baseball, but the, the kind of the parameters that are set in Major League Baseball, it's the closest thing to college football, where you can name like six teams that you really feel like are going to be in it down the stretch in Major League Baseball, but there are still a myriad of other things to watch during the season if you're a baseball fan. Is that a fair comparison? Sure. I think so. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. So, and then you get your surprises, right? You still can sneak in a surprise. I mean, in baseball, maybe it's a it's a little bit less just because they have longer series and the season's so long. But, you know, you're not wrong, obviously, in any sport. You just got to play great either for that series or that day, and suddenly, you know, the Cinderella story happens. Well, we we're waiting for this today. And this has been an about-face by the college football big-timers. Not the pundits, but the presidents and ADs and everybody else. We're going to a 12-team playoff yeah. quicker than we thought. Breaking news. And that just did. And that, my friends, is a good thing, I think, for college football fans everywhere. Do you think it's a good thing? Let's talk more about it. We're up in Charlton County Game of the Week on the Blitz scoreboard show on the Friday Night Blitz. All of it right here from Charlton County. Folks in Georgia as they host West Nassau here tonight. And uh, tell Bear Sun we said hello if you see him walking on the streets. <laughs> don't hit him. Don't hit a beat, drive safe. We'll be back on ESPN 690. I don't think anyone has ever seen anything quite like this, it, it, no matter how far you go back in history. Uh, you think about it, he's been in Alabama now for 15 years. He's won six national championships. He's lost a couple of other times. I mean, he's been in it every year. There was a stat that came out the other day with Alabama being number one in the country that every single year since 2008, at some point, Nick Saban's team has been ranked number one. That That is unprecedented. That's great. We all know that Nick Saban's great. Thanks, Paul Feinbaum. Moral some, of the story. Some, uh, some disrespect, some haste from Brent Martineau right there. I just, I, I, Paul Feinbaum, of course, waves that SEC flag, which he should, and uh, Alabama's king. And then I see some other things about everybody else, other league or whatever possibilities. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. So if it's SEC, Paul's probably waving the flag a little bit, um, as he probably should. So I'm not surprised by his comments. And he's not really wrong, quite frankly. It's impressive. I'm tired of Alabama. Can you imagine, like, if you're an Auburn fan? Like, I'm not. Like, I'm not a fan of anybody. Do you, does Auburn have fans? Oh, my yeah. whole wife's side of the family are Auburn fans. Your oh, yeah. wife's side of the family? Oh, my gosh. War, war damn eagle. We'll be hanging around some That's Auburn fans. I think my wife was born at the University of Auburn. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Auburn's beautiful. Yeah, we got all kinds of family out in Alabama. Definitely Auburn fans. Wow. That's unlucky. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a few years back. Shout out it to the Harveys, Auburn fans. I didn't know we had so many Auburn fans. Look Sorry. at that. Look at Adam that. Harvey, Henner Harvey. Like, I'm not, I'm not happy for them. Like, I, I'm not glad that they're out there because it's just pain. Pain after pain after pain after pain. So get ready for another year of PAIN pain. All right, listen. Everybody wanted it, I think, right? Like, raise your hand if you don't want it. The college football playoff to go to 12. Oh, yeah. Like, doesn't everybody, like a casual fan, want it? Or do we have our old-school 1985ers in the crowd today? You don't find today. as many traditionalists <laughs> when it comes to the college football playoffs, right? I mean, like, you see them all over other sports. 
But uh, this was a sport in need of change. This, so what, do we know the details? They just voted. They, I knew they were voting today. Now, here's the backstory a little bit on this from, from what I've read about, is that they, they said no to this recently, like within the last year, I think it was. And they were like, hey, we'll table it. We'll, we'll look at it down the road. Like 2026, I think, would be like when it could come to fruition. Well, all of a sudden, in about face, with all the moving and shaking going on, with well, Oklahoma and Texas were already coming to the SEC, but I think now even the Big Ten stuff, right, with USC and UCLA and maybe the conference television deals and all these other things that are popping off in college football, I got to believe somewhere in the mix they're like, all right, let's make this happen too. So now I think what I've, I've seen is 2024 – as soon as that, right? Yeah, they're saying as soon as this current contract is over, which is 2026, we should see this new model kick in, although some reports saying it could go earlier than that. Yeah, I think I saw 24 as a possibility. Let's let's uh, get to some, This just came out, by the way, in the last 15 minutes or so. So let's see what they approve. This is 14 minutes ago. Uh, college Football Playoff Board of Managers. Board of Managers. That sounds interesting. 12-team college football playoff by unanimous vote. The new format will feature the six highest-ranked champions, six highest-ranked at-larges. So we can start to debate, is that the way to do it? Should everybody get an automatic pop from the conferences? And, well, it looks like the answer is yes, whether you agree or not. Uh, some issues, like the location of games and the role of bowl games, have yet to be resolved. Source said earlier this week that Friday's decision coming from the 11 presidents and chancellors who make it up would be a top-down move to get the ball rolling. Details will be worked out by the 10 commissioners in Notre Dame, A.D. Jack Swarbrick, who sits in his own seat uh, when they meet in Dallas. And efforts to expand, uh, which runs through 25-26 football season, failed last winter. See, it was just in the last year. So there you go. That's the uh, the latest. This the Stuart Mandel says this is the best thing that could have happened for the non-SEC <laughs> and Big Ten conferences. ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, and even Group of Five conference races will nationally revel rev uh, relevant, I think he tried to say, every year. That's what I tried to say, too. Brett Martin, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. See, I thought this was always a big part. Let's go all the way back to the birth of the Final Four. And to me, what always was interesting from a lack of logic standpoint was that you were leaving one of the Power Fives out. And sometimes they earned it. The way the Pac-12 had played or the Big 12 at times, or you name it, right? It also created debate and controversy and interest by leaving one of them out. But I still think, from a logical standpoint, you'd kind of want to include the top five big conferences. It would seem that way, especially and, with the, uh, the amount of money that's on the table for those. And then go one at large. So it was always weird to me that they didn't do that. Well, now they're going to do that. So I agree with what Stuart Mandel just said here. If you look at the winners of this, you look at conferences that have been pretty really not so great. Like the ACC has had powerhouse at the top, but the rest of it hasn't been great. Pac-12 hasn't been great. Big 12 at times has struggled to get in. So depending on what happens with the Big 12 and all these other conferences, Casey, do you, like, this is the best way to do it, right? I mean, get the winner from all these big conferences. Make it mean something that you won the conference championship. But also, like if you had a situation for some odd reason that like in the Power Fives, Everyone went undefeated. You wouldn't have this crazy scenario where you had to leave one of those people out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. I'm. I'm with it. Let's get everybody in because I think 
you get these good teams in that are good in the regular season and to your point maybe undefeated in their conference and what it may be like let's let all the good teams in and give them an opportunity for Alabama to lose let's give them an opportunity to beat Ohio State you know what I mean you get one game top four teams I don't like it you put all these teams in and you're going to start getting some different championship champions I promise because somebody's going to shock the world and win some games and you're going to get champions that you want to see oh yeah so here's the other thing, guys, to me that stands out. From just like a very like outsidey, casual observer, guy that doesn't have a team in college football, okay? So I'll talk from that standpoint. And I would say the one thing that college football misses usually. Now, Cincinnati made the Final Four last year. UCF has threatened and joined the conversation. Boise State did it years ago and really got that ball rolling. But you miss the beauty of the NCAA tournament is Cinderella. I mean, the reason we love the NCAA tournament the first two weeks is Cinderella and upsets. We want to see it. And in basketball, you can see it probably more than football. But what I think this now offers is a chance to see Cinderella. On a relative scale. But yes, you're right. It definitely was missing from college football. And this at least injects a bigger chance for that, right? More teams, more opportunity. Yeah, and so I, I think, like Case, you just said it. What's the chances of the 12th ranked team in the country, especially if it is Boise State, beating Alabama if they're the number one seed? Not good. But the one time it happens, man. Yep. The one time it happens makes it all worth it. I mean, what was the record before UMBC finally broke the streak of one versus 16? And we weren't complaining about that. Right. So, like, I really think, again, I'm talking just from a casual interest sports fan. Yeah, I'm not, college football does so well right now. The money's so good. It's not like they need everybody. It's like, not like they're baseball and they need to, like, bring everybody back in or something. But you can always find new people. You can always find new interests. And like I was talking to you guys in the first segment, there's a, a stale nature of the end of the college football season for me. It's sports. It's hopefully good football. We're going to watch it. But I'm tired of Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson. Like, I really am. And so if you can give me someone else in the mix, that's why Cincinnati was a cool story. I like that from a sports fan perspective, that we might get something else. And by the way, on the road to get there, they not, they not only earned it, but they upset somebody, and they were wearing the slip slipper. Like, that is really a good deal. Take it away, guys, for a minute so I can cough. Uh Okay. (laughs) Listen, I don't have the button right near me, so I have to, like, jump down, turn down the knob, and then call. Oh. Okay. So here's what what, uh, I want to temper Brent's expectations a little bit, Casey, on the fact that if he's so tired of Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson, the likelihood is, even though there are more opportunities for those teams to lose— that's probably still who you're going to see in the in the championships before the national title game. Probably, and I think more times than not, you will. But I think to the point that I like about it is you let 12 in. And to your point, Alabama's still going to win their games. Ohio State's going to win their games for the most part. They will get shocked. But it goes back to what I was trying to say in the first segment where if you watch Alabama-Tennessee, you understand what's going to happen yeah. at any given day. But if you watch Purdue-Penn State, it's a good football game. And if you get the top 12, Alabama's not playing the top 12 teams or anybody in it except maybe once a year when they play A&M. If they have to play Georgia, sure. Auburn's not there. 
but you, you're going to get a better football game. I don't think you're going to see 27-point spreads, even if Alabama's playing Utah. I agree with that. And uh, I think that's just good for the sport. If you look at last year's top 12, 2021, like, I'm not sure that Mississippi or Oklahoma's going out there and, and, and shocking the world, but could you have seen a Michigan? Could you have seen a Cincinnati who, who had a really great season last year? Could you have seen maybe like um, Oklahoma State? shock anybody in those uh in those playoff games if it was expanded to 12 i, th- I think it would have been very interesting even last year it's a good uh, question too with the sec school sorry brent but like in that with Ole miss for example you had a good quarterback and you have sec recruits you have sec kids so i mean nick saban as great as he is and alabama is they lose to lsu on occasion they lose a game in the sec somewhere down the line you don't expect them to lose so I think a worst-case scenario for them would be like a 1-12 matchup against last year's Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin at the helm. That's a scarier game than anybody wants to admit for Alabama. I'm going to give you one element, other element, guys. And this is really – I'm not sure how I feel about this, and that's the amount of games these guys are going to play. Like, this could lead to whatever, like, some 15, 16, 17-game seasons. That's long now. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's, that You do bring in the safety stuff and everything else. Like, listen, this is a violent game. I believe in the safety stuff. Like, I think that's a real deal thing. I wouldn't play for a series for a million dollars, I say, in the NFL. So you're not going to get me doubting the, the severe nature of the safety and physical play of this sport and the longevity of the season, quite frankly. But from a different vantage point, there's a lot of belief that Georgia won the national championship last year because they got injured. Alabama got injured. Right? Mechie, yes. Jamison Williams. Yeah. Well, now what you're doing is you're giving another opportunity for an injury to a quarterback, a running back, a receiver, a big-time player to really impact the shape of your football team going forward as they're about to embark on even bigger games. So that, you know, what we saw last year with Alabama and Georgia, and I'm not saying Georgia would have lost, but they certainly had an easier road without those guys. And I think a lot of people might say Alabama would have won with those two receivers healthy. That now you're setting that that might have been a little bit of a precursor what's to come where we're going to naturally see more injuries with more games being played and therefore potential more upsets the longer this season goes on in college football with a 12-team playoff. So that's another facet. Uh, of it. The big story is uh, the College Football Playoff Board of Managers has approved the 12 team playoff by unanimous vote. And in the crazy good old boy world of college football, somehow they voted no on this like 12 or 15 months ago. And now they voted yes unanimously. <laughs> and I'm not really sure like what changed. I mean, the reporting is talking all about the money. It was all about money negotiations, oh. too much money being left on the table, and suddenly they were able to work it out. <laughs> you mean college football is talking about money? <laughs> <laughs> Shocker. This had to do with money. No way. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, that's it. 12-team playoff in college football. When it happens, looking at the 26-ish season, unless it happens earlier, where there is there is some talk now that it could happen even before that. Boy, college football about to go through a bunch of changes over the next handful of years. One other thing about this real quick, Jacksonville could end up being a host for this down the road. There she is. I'm with it. Yeah. 
And we'll talk more about that maybe throughout the rest of the show, but keep that on the back of your mind at least as the Jags try to rebuild the stadium and rebuild downtown. Certainly could be a player. They have their eyes set on hosting one of these games. I know that for a fact. We'll be back on ESPN 690. Let's talk about Jags. They made some practice squad moves moments ago. It's not my decision. It's an organization decision. Um, but when they told me, and I, you know, I knew, like I said, Jimmy's been on the roster on the team this whole entire time. So obviously, I knew it was a possibility to bring him back. Um, and there's been no bad blood at all between me and Jimmy since since day one. So I was all, all arms open, excited to have him back. That is Trey Lance. You believe him? Uh, uh, I think he doesn't have any reason to feel threatened. I, this is his job. I think Jimmy's the weirder one to feel. Like and and no, you're wrong. You think what? Well, you think Trevor? Uh, Trevor Trey now feels a yes. lot of pressure. Yeah, like I mean, we've talked about this, and me and Brian have talked about it on OT. Like first two games of the season, Brent, they play Seattle and Chicago. Don't let Trey Lance lose those games because then what happens? Yeah, two worst teams in the league. Yeah, better go two and zero. Oh, you're right. They're gonna be banging on Shanahan's door. Put our man in that took us to the Super. I think it's a lose lose scenario for Trey Lance unless he's so, great. So that's interesting. You think it's more for Trey Lance. What happens to, like, Jimmy Garoppolo now, you know? Who's – I don't know, man. Like, where's his career go from here? <laughs> it just – nobody seemed to want him. Was that shoulder surgery that crazy? That much of a red flag? Yeah, like – I mean, Kyle Shanahan basically said, yeah, we don't want you. Yeah, I'm surprised he's back. Jimmy G was like, I can't believe I'm back. And Trey Lance probably like, didn't see this happening. <laughs> it's, it is weird. It's a weird Brady Bunch situation, but – like, I don't think Seattle's trying to win, so you take them out. Like, I get why Dable would ride with Daniel Jones instead. Like, I, that makes sense. So I think he will have a suitor come the end of the season because you have quarterbacks you don't know about. But I think the main landing point with Seattle, they're not trying to win. And then Cleveland decided not to go that route. Yeah, that's a fair point. Hey, we are live in Charlton County. They'll host West Nassau tonight, so appreciate the fine folks here in Charlton County. Great football area, great football town up here in Folkston. And, uh, heck, they named the field Champ Bailey Field. You know that name. And, Heard of uh, it. That's, that's the kind of uh, legacy they got up here, and they get set to host the game. They don't kick off up here until 7.30. We're here until 6, and then we've got our TV crews coming, and Sounds our like ESPN you... 690 10, our U.S. Army 10, WAPE will even have a 10. I mean, we'll be all set up here uh, for the Action Sports Jacks brands all night long. It sounds like if they don't kick till 7.30, Brian, you're going to see a lot of that game on the Blitz scoreboard show. You could see a lot of that game. Now, we got to hope for the weather to be okay, unlike last week. But on the Blitz scoreboard show, coming up 9 to 10.30, we show live action and peek into some games, and we certainly will be peeking into this game, maybe through the entirety, you know, because games last forever now in, uh, in high school football. All of our coverage are Fridays are now brought to you and presented by Nimnik Buick GMC and Baker Sports. And sitting on the back of this GMC Sierra, saw the folks at Nimnik there on Phillips Highway today, our good friends uh, there. And they have some fun stuff happening this weekend, by the way. Labor Day cookout on Monday, September 5th at Nimnik Buick GMC. 11.30 to 2, hamburgers and hot dogs. The sales department will be open regular hours, 8.30 to 8. Service department will be open from 7 a.m. until 3.30. Have you been looking for a new truck or SUV but just can't find the vehicle that is right for you? Nimnik Buick GMC has new inventory arriving daily. That's been a hard thing in the car business, but Nimnik has new inventory arriving daily. 
or you can simply pre-order your next Buick or GMC. So stop by Nimic Buick, Buick GMC on Phillips Highway, just south of I-295, to order that new vehicle you have been dreaming of, and stop by for lunch on Labor Day on Monday between 1130 and 2.00. Hey, not a lot happening right now. A little calm before the storm in the NFL, right? I mean, we're talking Jimmy G and Trey Lance, which is going to be a fascinating. So much pressure on those, well, on Trey, but also a lot of pressure on Shanahan, right? He's kind of been forcing the situation, Casey. What's weird about this, I didn't think, I'm not sure he wanted this situation. Yeah, I like, I get He's pretty adamant that he didn't want this situation, I thought. He was. I won't say he was forced into it because he, he made the trade to go get Trey Lance, and I don't blame him for it. If you think that's your guy, that's your guy. And, you know, I, I forced is a lot for me there, but I don't think anybody thought out of those three parties they'd be in this situation. Here they are. They live with it. I'm telling you, though, don't let Trey Lance be bad because those captains of that team are going to be in there like, this guy took us to the Super Bowl. You put him in. Shanahan's going to be like, nah, bro, I gave up all the picks. It's going to be a mess. It could be a mess in San Francisco. But more realistically, Trey Lance will just be great. I'll sell all my cards. We'll make a ton of money. Everything will be fantastic. <laughs> that would be good for you. Listen, I say this a lot. Every other position is cutthroat. We saw it happen six times this week where a guy thought he made the team. James McCourt, six times in Jacksonville and around the league, it happened a million times. James McCourt did everything the Jags asked him to, and they still cut him. Now they brought him back to the practice squad. So it's a cutthroat league. You're always looking to get better. But the quarterback gets treated with kid gloves. And the quarterback is like, oh, I don't want to hurt his feelings. Got to be careful. So in a sense... I kind of like what San Francisco's doing. They're like, listen, if this dude doesn't do it right away, we got another guy, and we're ready to win, and we're going to win with one of them. And who cares about how it goes down, the drama that it creates? We're not worried about people's feelings. This is a business, and we're not giving them rope. If he's not ready, we'll put Jimmy G in, and he'll be ready the next go around when Jimmy G's gone. Yeah, like, but... I don't think they... I, I know that sound. Listen, my point is... Like, if that happens at the linebacker position, there's very little attention on it. It's a headline for a day. People talk about it. Maybe there's a little more noise in the locker room. I understand that in the quarterback position, you've got to be a little careful to upset the locker room. But, hey, business is business, isn't it? It is. You're not wrong about it. It's fascinating, though. I, I'm telling you, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. They're going to have to... You're going to have to watch it. I bet watch it closely. I'm telling you, don't let him start bad because you pull him out, you put in Jimmy G, and then what happens to Trey Lance? Can they put him back in? I say probably not at that point. Once you pull him, you pull him for my money. Again, it's not the linebacker position like you said. So that'd be interesting. I'm going to watch it closely the first couple weeks. If he's good, then, hey, it's a dead story. Jimmy G goes somewhere else next year. We move on. But I think it's something to watch early. I started to say that the uh, NFL's a little bit quiet right now. Jags did make a few moves official. We told you James McCourt was going to the practice squad yesterday. Josh Thompson as well. Seth Williams as well. So a few uh, more going to the practice squad for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's good at least they have McCourt in the back pocket for whenever they might need him. We take a break. Four o'clock hour coming up. We're live in Trenton County High School. Big game tonight against West Nassau. It's our game of the week for all our Friday night Blitz and Blitz scoreboard coverage presented by Nimnick Buick, GMC, and Baker Sports.